Good morning, Lamb of God and family and friends. Happy New Year to everyone. It's the year 2021, and I know a lot of us couldn't wait to get, get that last year in our rearview mirror for a lot of different reasons. But this is a new year. It's a new beginning. And today, um, this is a very special year for the Lamb of God Fellowship. And to give you some perspective, I want to go back 40 years in history for a few minutes to the year 19. 81. I know some of you weren't born yet, but uh, I want to take a journey with you today back to 1981. Some of the top films uh, in 1981 were Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, On Golden Pond, Superman 2, uh, The Cannonball Run, and Chariots of Fire, one of my favorites. And a few famous people born that year, 1981, were Alicia Keys, Justin Timberlake, Beyonce, Serena Williams, Britney Spears. And a few historical moments uh, or highlights from that year. Well, I guess I wouldn't call them highlights. I would just, I guess, just call them uh, important moments. But uh, January 20th, Ronald Reagan became the 40th president of the United States. On March 6th, Walter Cronkite signs off for the last time. March 30th, John Hinckley Jr. attempted to assassinate our president. In June, uh, June marked the beginning of the severe 1980s recession for the United States. That's when our economy began to turn dramatically. Uh, June 5th, the Center of Disease and Control and Prevention identified for the first time a mysterious disease that will later be known as AIDS. June 12th, Major League Baseball goes on strike. 38% of the season was lost. July 7th, President Reagan nominates the first woman to the Supreme Court of the United States, Sandra Day O'Connor. And August 1st, MTV is launched in the United States. Remember MTV? August 5th, President Reagan fires 11,359 air traffic controllers who refused to follow his order to go back to work. How about that, huh? <laughs> the government firing people because they're not going to work. We're do the opposite today. August 5th, the original model 5150 IBM PC is released in the United States at the cost of $1,565. October 28th, some of you uh, may celebrate this moment, the thrash metal band Metallica formed in Los Angeles. And on that same day, the Los Angeles Dodgers defeated the New York Yankees to win their fifth World Series title. November 16th, the highest hour in daytime television history was on a soap opera called General Hospital. And it was the episode, I don't know if you remember this, if you're, if you're a little older like I am, it's the episode where Luke and Laura finally got married. <laughs> uh, and finally on December 11th, Muhammad Ali, has his last ever fight and loses to Trevor Burbick. Oh, and by the way, on September 13th, a group of radically transformed followers of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit and a passion for people, started a church called the Lamb of God Fellowship. Yes, that's right. This is our 40th anniversary coming up this year in September. So this is a really special year for us, and we're going to be celebrating that accomplishment, the 40 years of faithful ministry that God has helped us uh, over the years do. And as part of that, we actually still have uh, several original members 
that we're going to be honoring this year. And I just want to recognize today, uh, been with us for 40 years. Can you believe that? That's a long time. Uh, Mike and Cindy Clark, Charles and Sharon Tusick, Duane and Chris Vickerman, Keith and Cindy Harrison, uh, my mom and dad, Ben and Linda Hobson, uh, and our founding pastors, Pastor Bob and Sherry Koch, and along with them, some other members that joined us really close to the beginning were Janet Morgan, Sue Noble, Charles and Amber Lang, and Dave and Kathy Allard. And uh, a few of their children have been with us as well. So isn't that awesome to, to be a part of such a, such a great journey together? And uh, I was 11 years old at the time, almost 12. I was in sixth grade. I have a lot of great memories, uh, you know, along the way of these 40 years. I was in middle school, high school, college, and then I came and got married and uh, started here as a youth pastor, and, and now I'm a pastor here. So I've been through almost every aspect of our journey growing up in this church, and it's been just amazing. And uh, during that time in 1981, it was during the beginnings of a recession, a scary disease called AIDS, an attempt to assassinate our president. And the, when the president started his term, uh, he was uh, coming into the ending of the Iran hostage crisis, if you remember that, and ended his presidency with the heightening of the Cold War with Russia. And there were times uh, like this that we were living in when the Lamb of God Fellowship began. Today, we're dealing with a great political divide, a scary disease called COVID-19 financial uncertainty, especially for small business owners. Uh, there's growing tensions again with Iran, and there's the constant meddling of Russia and China in our country, and we have loud social unrest. Sounds like there's still a need for a people who are radically transformed followers of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit and a passion for people. Can I get an amen from you? I mean, we still have lots of work to do. It's amazing how things change and how things don't change all that much. But what hasn't changed is the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit through a yielded, surrendered heart to God. And that's who we are at the Lamb of God Fellowship. We are people who love God and we want to make him known. We want to know him and make him known because he is the answer that everybody is seeking. Even though we don't always know that, he is the answer. Jesus is the answer to our world. He's the answer to every hurting soul. Every heart needs Jesus. And that's what we had the privilege to do, is be a part of this journey together, preaching the gospel, loving people, seeing people saved, growing people up in the wisdom of God so they can flourish in their life. So 40 years, that's a good start. That's a good start, right? But we're not done yet nor should our fire be any less intensive. And if anything, we need to stroke the fire of the Holy Spirit in our passion for God and His kingdom. These are the days that we need to be on fire for God. And if we are in the last days, then this is the time to just press in and press forward for all that God wants to do in our world. We must double down on our commitment to love and to pursue and live the truth and to shine uh, the light that God has for us to shine and to seek and save the lost. So I want to talk about the number 40. In the scriptures, 40 is a very prominent number. It's mentioned almost 150 times, and it has two primary meanings. The first meaning is a period of time or testing or probation or a trial. So 40, 40 days or 40 years, 
The number 40 stands for that period of time, a testing, a testing, a a trial, uh, a probationary time. And it often ends in a marvelous change or a marvelous outcome. Not always, but often it's with the idea of renewal and revival. So keep that in mind as we talk about our 40 years coming to a close and pressing forward for the next generation and the call that God has on our lives and the vision he has for us to accomplish. The second primary meeting of 40 represents a generation. Uh, we, we commonly refer to uh, generations, even in our culture, as kind of a 40-year time frame. Not that people die at age 40, but it's just the idea of generationals and how generational times that we divide into 40. And it really finds its origin in the 40 years that the Israelites spent in the desert because that whole generation passed away before the next generation entered the promised land. So let's talk about the Bible. Let's look at a couple of instances where the number 40 is found and let's celebrate what that meaning is and take some significance for our 40 years and what God is doing now. That's what I believe prophetically what God wants to do in the Lamb of God Fellowship as we turn the corner uh, and exit this first 40 years of our existence, okay? First of all, the number of days the spies were in the land in Canaan, that was 40. 40 was the number of years the Israelites spent in the desert, as I already mentioned. 40 were the number of days of and nights of rain, of the great flood of Noah. And 40 was the number of days that uh, Moses spent on the mountain receiving the Torah or the word of God. Okay? A couple other things that the Jews used 40 for. Um, they used 40 for the number of lashes uh, a criminal would receive, but because they didn't want to break the law and go past 40, they would only do 39 just as a precaution. Also, uh, at the age of 40, that was the minimum age in which a man could join the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of the Jewish uh, law. And then, interestingly enough, 40 is also the number of weeks that a baby is in its mother's womb. Kind of cool, huh? But the best is yet to come for the Lamb of God Fellowship. Okay, after 40 days and 40 nights of rain, the earth was cleansed of sin and wickedness, and there was a new beginning. After 40 years that Moses spent in Egypt growing up, he spent 40 years in the desert running from his calling. Finally, he was prepared and he returned to liberate the Israelites from Egypt. Moses spent, as I said before, 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai, and when he returned, he returned with the word of God the greatest gift that God has given us. After the Israelites spent 40 years in the desert, they entered the promised land. You see all these great outcomes? After Goliath taunted the Israelites for 40 days and 40 nights, David cut his head off and set the Israelites free. Right After 40 years of servitude to the Philistines, Samson delivered the Israelites. And after Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the desert, the Bible says he returned in the power of, of the Spirit, and His ministry began. And my personal theory is that after Jesus spent 40 hours in the grave, He came back from the dead and was resurrected to full life and opened the door for all of us to be resurrected too. I believe the best is yet to come for the Lamb of God Fellowship. As we finish 40 years, there is a marvelous future for us in what God has for us to do. God never gives us a vision or a purpose to frustrate us. He gives us that vision to actually join him in partnering with him to accomplish what he's put in our heart to do. And that's what I believe is going to happen in this next generation. Now, every generation, to be honest with you, 
Uh, my question is, what, what will it look like? What are the next 40 years going to look like? And probably your reaction is, is my reaction is as well, even as I say that out loud, is 40 years, I don't even think we're going to be here 40 years, you know. Uh, I know many of us feel that Jesus is going to be coming back soon and before our lifetime is over. And that's good. That is how we ought to think. In fact, every generation of believers has always lived life with the imminent return of Christ on the forefront of their thinking and their belief. And that's how we ought to live. Uh, this is what Jesus said about that in Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, 44, and 45. He's teaching his disciples, and he says these key words. I want to stress a couple of phrases that he says. He says, therefore, keep watch. Keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So we are to be attentive and watching for Jesus' return. He goes on to say, so you also must be ready. Be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So we are keeping watch. We are being ready Ready for what? For Jesus to return. We are living life this way. And he finishes by saying, Who then is the faithful and wise servant, faithful and wise, whom the master has put in charge of, of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. In other words, God has a purpose for our lives. And while we are to keep watch, while we are to be ready, we are also to be faithful and wise to the purpose that God has for us. There is a doing for us that God has given us to do. And when he returns, Jesus says, it will be good for that servant when the son of God comes that he finds his servant doing what he called him to do. So this is a time for us to lean into the purpose that God has for us. We don't sit back and cower in a corner waiting for God to return. We have a mission. We have a purpose. We are empowered. We are anointed. We have lives to change, right? We have souls to save. Now it's not us, but it is God in us and through us. We are his hands, his feet, his mouthpieces, right? We are the church. We are the ones that carry the gospel, the good news of salvation, the good news of God's love and forgiveness and mercy that is extended to all who will trust in him, all who choose to believe in him. And that is our privilege. That is our high calling. That's who we are as a Lamb of God fellowship. And so as we enter the final finishing stretch of our 40th year this year in September, I want to lay out a clear challenge to this generation of the Lamb of God fellowshippers, okay? I mean, many people have come and gone, but God is raising up a new generation that will own this calling and own this purpose and stir up a passion in themselves for what God has called us to do. And I'm inviting you to be a part of that journey. I'm inviting you to be one of those who God is anointing and calling to do what God's called to do in this place at this time. To not grow complacent, to not grow lazy, to not be timid or afraid to not grow comfortable, but to build on the foundation of the Holy Spirit fire and passion for God that this church was birthed with and a love for people that comes from God that's been laid down for the first 40 years of this ministry by those who have gone on before us and are still with us. It's time for this new generation to step up and grab the torch and run the race that God has called us to. That's what this year is going to be about. That's what this message is about. That's what these next couple of weeks are going to be about. As I challenge you to join 
this movement of the Lamb of God Fellowship and make it your purpose. Make it part of your life that God is wanting to do something in us and through us together because we're better together. We need each other. We are the body of Christ. So I want to use the analogy of the desert. Moses brought the people with God's help out of bondage from Egypt into the desert, right? He brought them out of slavery, out of poverty. They brought, he brought, God brought them out of sickness and disease. There was no sickness, no disease among the people when they came out of Egypt. That's beautiful. That's salvation. They were saved and you and I were saved. We have been brought out of our own sin, brought out of slavery to sin, brought out of poverty to, to sin. And we've been liberated. We've been set free. We've been saved by the grace of God, right? And then the next generation was led by Joshua. After 40 years in the desert, that generation passed away. They stayed in the desert because they didn't trust God for his promises. They, they, they cowered with fear. They were intimidated by the enemy. They were intimidated by you know, the challenges around them. And they took their eyes off of God and they couldn't believe, they couldn't trust in him. They were saved. They were out of bondage. They were out of slavery, right? But they didn't enter into the promises of God, the promised land. So the next generation, after 40 years, the next generation rose up and, and Joshua led them into, into the promised land. Moses led them out. Joshua led them in. And so it's not good enough for us to be saved, personally saved, and not access the promises of God. There's more for you. There's more for me. There's more for us. And there's more for this world. If God was done, Jesus would have already have come. God's not done yet. So there's more promises to lay hold of. That is our quest to enter the promised land. And when I talk about the promised land, I'm not just talking about me personally prospering or me personally, uh, you know, being healthy and having a great family, although I want all those things, and so do you. But as a church, the promised land is the lost souls of the people around us coming to know God. It is God's people coming back home. And he uses the church to reach out to people with his love and his wisdom and his truth and to, to awaken their spirit to God, right? So the promised land is, is finishing the work that God has for us taking possession of the vision that God has for us, which is always about people. It's always about people, not buildings, not money, you know, not power. It's about the lost, saving the lost, reaching the lost. And that's what our promised land is as a church, is to have a significant impact in our world, to reach people in Clio and Bertrand and Montrose and St. St. Charles, you know, in Flint and in, uh, in Flushing, uh, Burt, all around this area, Chesney and all of New Lothrop. God, who knows how far God wants to go with, with this particular local body of believers. But that's the promised land, is to see lives transformed and healed by the power of the gospel. We are not to be content just being saved. We can't just think about ourselves. We have a corporate purpose that God has called us to. And so we are called, we are seeking to, to accomplish what God has called us to do. The church is called to rescue the lost, to heal the broken, to shine a light in the darkness, right? We're called to love God and love people. And that takes sacrifice and commitment. For God to move mightily on the earth through his church, 
I believe that the church needs to be mightily surrendered and consecrated to God. God has chosen to need us. He doesn't need us, but he has chosen to need us. He has chosen to partner with us to do his will on the earth. That is what God has chosen to do. And so if we are fully surrendered to him, he can't be fully loosed on this earth. But when the church, when people, when you and I and the Lamb of God Fellowship in particular surrender completely to God, God can do anything, amazing things, and he'll change the world. He did that with 12 disciples. Well, let's say 11 until they elected a new one. But you see what God can do when someone is totally surrendered to God. And that's my call to you today, is total surrender and consecration to Him. It's interesting, uh, in Joshua 5, verse 5, the people have just crossed the Jordan River, and they're about ready to take on their first battle, which was the city of Jericho. And God told Joshua this, He said, all the people that came out of, and he's talking about Egypt, had not been circumcised. But all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. All the people that came out of Egypt had been circumcised. Had been circumcised. But all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. And so God told Joshua, circumcise all the males, right? That was a male thing. Why? Because circumcision represented the cutting away of, of the flesh, sinful flesh, of ego and pride, and it was entering into a covenant with God, saying, basically, God, I am all yours. I am, it was the sign of the covenant. It was the sign that I am completely surrendered to God. I am placing my entire life in his hands. And it was the sign of man making that covenant agreement with God. Total surrender to God. That's what it symbolized. And so here's the people that were in the desert, this next generation. What did they have to do for God to be able to fulfill their destiny? First of all, they were baptized. They came through the waters of Jordan, just like the first generation came through the waters of the Red Sea. And that represents a new beginning, a washing away of the sin, a closing to the past. And when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we place our faith in Jesus we are being baptized, right? We get water baptized and it symbolizes we're dead to the old man. Our sin is forgiven. We're washed clean. We rise up out of a watery grave and we have a brand new beginning, a new identity. The old is cut off. It's gone. It's history. The, the Egypt was cut off by the Red Sea. The desert was cut off by the River Jordan and the people left it behind and went into a new destiny. And that's the first step for all of us, is placing our faith in Jesus. And today, if you haven't done that before, I want to invite you to make that decision, to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, to place your trust in Him, and to have your sins washed and a new beginning starting right now. But secondly, then God says, consecrate them, circumcise them. They need to be completely surrendered to me. And that is hard. That's, that's, a, that's a hard thing to be, but that is, it's, a, it's the great paradox of Scripture. Jesus says the man who wants to save his life will what? Will lose it. I mean, don't be well, what? That doesn't make any sense. But the man who loses his life for me will find it. It's a paradox. It doesn't make any sense until you do it. Until you surrender completely to God. You find life. You find fullness. You find his empowerment, his anointing, his calling. You, await, you're, you come awake to who you are and what you've been called to do. 
And it makes sense once you take that leap of faith, right? But it doesn't make sense from a carnal, egocentric mindset where we're trying to preserve ourselves. We're trying to make something of ourselves. You know, we're trying to gain something for ourselves. And Jesus says, you need to lose it all. You need to give it all. And if you do surrender, if you do trust in me completely, you will find life you've never known. Life abundant, life overflowing. And so that's my invitation to all of us. There's many Christians that really haven't done that. They want the salvation part, but they don't want the surrender part. You know what I mean? But that's not God's calling for you and for me. And that's holding you back too from what God has called you to. So as a church, we need not just to be saved, but surrendered, totally surrendered to God so that we can do and be all that God's called us to do and be. I invite you to trust in God, be circumcised in your heart and consecrate your life to him so he can do amazing things in you and through you. As those people did that, then they took the Passover meal. They celebrated the Passover, which really represents a relationship with Jesus. That Jesus said, I am this bread. I am this wine. You are eating me. You're drinking of me. And you will have everything that you need in life in a relationship with me. And as we trust in Christ, as we have this relationship, not a religion, and he is alive in us and we are feeding on him daily, we have everything we need. We have healing. We have freedom. We have prosperity of body, soul, and spirit. There's nothing that we don't have in Christ, in our relationship, not religion, in our relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then what followed that was victory. And that's what God has for you and for me. The promises of God to be laid hold of by the people of God comes through this lifestyle of surrender and trusting in the Lord and following Him, trusting in Him, And God dropped the walls of Jericho, not the people. They were trusting in the Lord. In fact, the worshipers were the ones who went first. They were just worshiping God. And God took the battle to the enemy and defeated the enemy for the people. And God does the same today for you and for me. As we trust in him, not ourselves. As we follow him, not ourselves. God leads the path. He orders our steps and is a path of righteousness. It's a path of victory and success for his kingdom, for his sake. And that's the path that I want to invite you to join me on as we turn the corner on 40 years. Wow, what an exciting journey we have. We have no idea what God has planned, but we know it's good and we know the best is yet to come. Can I get an amen again? Come on, amen. All right, so we're on this journey from bondage to freedom, right, to fruitfulness. And so that's where we're going, to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. You know, we all have questioned our purpose. We all have, we all desire for a deeper meaning to our day-to-day realities. We all want to know love and we all want to give love. We all want our children to grow up with confidence in a loving, graceful God and with a heart to serve other people. We all want to be great parents. We want to be successful in our careers and we want our lives to matter and to make a difference. These are the universal longings placed in the human heart by God himself, by a God who is kind and loving and generous and who wants to make himself known. We share these urges and these yearnings in our heart together. And and so Jesus invites us into this experience called the kingdom of God, where we actually 
find those purposes fulfilled together. We all are looking to have a difference in our lives. And you, i got good news for you, you are designed and you are commissioned to make a difference in this world. And you can leave a worthy legacy long after you are gone. Look at the legacy of those who have done an amazing work here at the Lamb of God Fellowship for 40 years that they have left, that they have built. What will be our legacy moving forward? If you've been going through the motions and wishing for more, you're not alone. Every one of us has a need to connect with something greater than ourselves and to connect with other people who are working to make a difference in this world. And so together, I want to celebrate just for a few minutes. Together, we are doing incredible things already, and we have done incredible things with God's help. Together, we just raised $25,000 in the last four weeks to build two classrooms in Rwanda that will change hundreds of children's lives. That's amazing. That's so exciting. Together, we have helped plant hundreds of churches in India over the past 35 years with our relationship and support of Christ for India. That has enabled thousands of lost souls to enter into eternal salvation through Jesus Christ as they place their faith in Him. We have reached thousands of people in India over the last 35 years. Together, we have led thousands of people to Jesus in the surrounding areas uh, and the communities around us over the last 40 years. We have clothed and fed and cared for thousands of people that God has led us to and that has come to us. And together, we have prayed thousands and thousands of prayers. We've seen hundreds of miracles. We've seen healing of cancer, healing of diseases, restoration of marriages, financial miracles, emotional miracles, and the breaking of addictions. God has done great things in us and through us, but we're not done yet. And most of us, I'd say probably all of us, could not do these things on our own. Right? But together, when we each contribute and play our part, we are able to do amazing things and have a huge impact with our lives. That's the beauty of God's plan. He brings us together to accomplish His purposes on the earth. So today, I have a significant announcement to make. This year, as we come to a close of our first 40 years of faithful ministry, we are going to relaunch ourselves with fresh passion for the next chapter in our journey. We'll take what we have been given by God from the past and build on this in the future. And this coming Easter on April 4th, we will be announcing a name change of the church. We're going to be changing the name as part of this refreshing and rebranding and recommitting to the purposes of God. It's a very exciting time. We're not leaving the past behind. We're going to take all that God has given us and all the treasures of wisdom and experience and the same calling. We're just going to move it forward and, and refresh that together as the next generation that God has called to take up that torch and to carry it forward. We're also going to be having a huge celebration uh, in September, uh, honoring our 40 years together and, that, and all those who have helped make that happen. It's going to be a great year for us. 
It's going to be a greater celebration. It's going to be a great year of refreshing and a year of pressing forward into the promised land that God has for the Lamb of God Fellowship. The next five weeks, we're going to look at some of the core values of who we are and what makes us uh, who God's called us to be and what he's called us to do. We will refresh ourselves in the calling of God uh, that he has on our fellowship and recommit ourselves this year to take up that torch, to continue the good work, to seek to know God and to make him known. And I invite you to join us on this amazing journey of significance. Together, we are better. And the best is yet to come. God is not done with us yet. There are some great giants for us to slay. There are some great miracles for us to see. There is a multitude of people that God wants to add to our family. And so today it starts with you. Where are you at with God? Are you, are you distant from Him? Have you ever placed your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior? If not today, I invite you right now to pray a prayer with me, to get right with God and to trust in Him and to be saved from your sins and to have a new beginning in Him. And if that's you, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Okay, would you just say this with me? Say, Jesus, I give my life to you today. I surrender and consecrate all that I am to you. Thank you that you love me. You came to save me. You came to rescue me, to forgive me of my sins. Today, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, of my pride and my arrogance, of my self-sufficiency, of me trying to run my own life. Today, I surrender my life to you. I trust in you, and I thank you that you are trustworthy. I'm all yours. I pray that you fill me with your Holy Spirit so I have the power to follow you and live this new life you have for me to enjoy. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are saved. You are home. God is just beginning a new work in you, and he is going to finish what he started. And for those of you who have already been saved, you already know Jesus, where are you at in your consecration to God? Are you fully surrendered to him or are you holding back? Are you comfortable? Are you lazy? Are you, are you just holding back? God needs you to get fired up. God has a purpose and a plan for your life that's bigger than yourself. And I'm inviting you to join the journey together with us. I know that we have the distance here right now of physicality because of the videos and the, and the COVID-19 and all that. But we need to get fired up and we're going to find a way to get connected in the days ahead this year because God is going to march his church forward. His plans are moving forward. He has an ever-increasing kingdom and the best is yet to come for all of us. So I pray that you completely surrender your heart to God. Completely dive into what God has for you. Get fired up, team. It's time to go. And I hope to see you soon. I love you. God bless you. Let me pray this blessing over you as we close this time together. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you his peace in his name. Amen.